You're listening to the Misty Creek Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Misty Creek Community Church, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. Today's message is from Senior Pastor Stephen Street. You know, here at Misty Creek, we, uh, we love to celebrate what God's doing. We love to celebrate wins. And last week, I was looking into that camera, and I greeted someone who was in the hospital. And that person that was in the hospital is now sitting right here on the second row. And something that's going to make Steve Alvarez very happy, and many of you, is that we started the renovations for the restrooms on this level. Hallelujah. Right there. So you no longer have to run to the bathroom downstairs. That was fast. It never fails right before the service starts. I have to go. How many of you? Anybody? And you're concerned about whether you're going to make it back in time. And you look at the countdown that Eric and Daniel put up. And you're like, wait a minute. Four minutes. Can I make it? Four minutes. Can I make it down? Downstairs. Wait in line because there's just really two down there. And get back upstairs in time for the service. And nine times out of ten, you don't make it. You get back like me and you're, you're late. But you won't have that problem anymore soon, we hope. So thanks be to God for that. I also want to celebrate where I saw God just now. God was playing guitar. Did you see him? I don't know if you were watching. We all know that Hutch brings it, right? We all know that. He does. But I was, no doubt, I was watching Josh, but I didn't see Josh. I looked. I play guitar, and I was watching his fingers and hands. Only God could do that. A man can't do that. A woman can't do that. God was moving in his hands, and I saw that, and I looked at Karen and said, watch him. Just watch him. He wasn't looking at music. He was just playing. God was playing through him. That's, that's a gift, folks. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights who does not change with the shifting shadows. He remains forever constant, forever the same. We have so much to celebrate. Last night, I had the privilege and the honor to go over to Shamley with one of our dear members, Christina Porter. And we had the humbling opportunity to help some of God's children find a place to sleep in this cold weather. I don't know if you've noticed, but the last few nights, several nights, it's been 35 degrees or under, and this week it's going to be even colder. Did you see that? It's going to be really, really cold out there. And I had the opportunity to provide pastoral care. At least I thought I was going to provide care, but yet I was cared for more than any care I provided. And I want to share this with you because I just think it's of God. Sandra just sang with a whole group, but Sandra had the, the solo part. On His Eyes on the Sparrow. Don't you love that song? And I love the way that the worship team does that song. His Eyes on the Sparrow. Well, last night, I was talking to a gentleman. I just handed him some gloves and a toboggan. Do y'all know what a toboggan is? A beanie? Yeah. A hat? What do people call that thing you put over your head nowadays? Am I old or something? We called it a toboggan. Okay, got it. All right, thank you for that. Okay, those things are helpful. And, you know, I was out exercising this morning. It was 27 degrees, and I saw this, this guy running. He didn't have a toboggan on. He was wearing a short sleeve shirt, and he was wearing those Bill Clinton shorts. Y'all remember the shorts Bill Clinton used to wear when he was out jogging? I don't even need to go there. But anyway, after he went to McDonald's. Okay, and I'm out there in jogging pants. You know what jogging pants, they're, they're called that, right? Okay, 
I know I'm getting older, but sweatpants. I'm out there in sweatpants, jogging pants, whatever you call it. Okay, double socks. I've got on a T-shirt. I've got on a long sleeve shirt. I've got on a sweatshirt. And I've got on this vest. And then I've got the toboggan on. I've got on the thickest glove you've ever seen. And I'm still dying in the cold out there. But I'm committed. And so last night, it's getting cold and we're handing gloves out. And I start talking to this one gentleman. And he says, how long have you been a pastor? And I said, believe it or not, over 30 years, and I'm only 32. Um, <laughs> it starts very young. And he said, pastor, he said, you know, I don't worry anymore. I said, tell me about that. He said, I don't worry anymore. He said, God, God always provides. He says, Jesus said it. He said, he will give us what we need. Now, y'all have heard me talk about that before. He will give us what we need, not always what we want. He's not really interested in giving us what we want, but what we need. And this particular man says, he said, every time I, I think I'm going to go without a place to sleep, God provides. Out something to eat, God provides something to eat. When I need a job, God provides a job. He says, he shows up time and time again. He said, you know that passage, don't you? Pastor, I said, yeah, Matthew. He says, where his eye is on the sparrow. So I had to tell that story. I wasn't going to tell it, but when you sang that, God was like, voila. You know, that's, that's not a God wink. That's like a God stomp on you. Like, this is what you need to say. And so I'm like, whoa, he's, he's teaching me and he's preaching to me. He said, you know what I tell people that I come in contact with on hard times? He says, I tell them that Jesus knows what it's like to be homeless, to be penniless, to be depressed, to be forsaken. And then he paused for a moment, started talking about being forsaken. He said, you know, Jesus was forsaken on the cross. I said, yeah. He said, I know you know this story, Pastor, but I, he said, I just want you to think about this for a minute. I was thinking. He said, God doesn't want to have anything to do with sin. He, he won't face sin directly. I'm listening to him, and he said, you know that time Jesus felt forsaken on the cross? He said, he had my sin on him and your sin. And all the world sins. And he said it big like that. And all the world sins on him. He said it was in that moment God couldn't turn to him. He was on his own. And that's when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, do you think when you tell somebody about Jesus and you share that story with them, that won't resonate because our God has gone through every single human emotion you can imagine. He has grieved. He has cried. He has been ridiculed. He's felt forsaken and lost and alone. He is a great empathizer. And so I want you to just to think about that for a moment. As we go into this new year that has endless possibilities, I know we all on that very first day of the year. You know, we love turning that page of the calendar. Now, not many of us have a calendar to turn the page anymore because we have these devices. We keep everything on. But some of you are old school analogers like me. And you like, Karen has one, you like to have a planner that you can actually write in. Anybody like that? Hallelujah! I'm not alone. Okay? So you actually like to write. Okay? Some, I mean, anybody, anybody journal in here, by the way? Is that old? Oh, other people, hey, young people, Jacob just raised his hand. Hallelujah. Yeah, Andy did too. I saw your hand. Andy's like, 
Are you going to say my name if I put my finger up? I did say your name. Say my name, say my name. Okay, so you got this calendar. You remember the ones that was to stand up, you put them in the bathroom and it had the devotion on it in the day and you flip it over? Well, you flip the calendar over and it's a new year. Ah, oh, a clean slate, a new year, endless possibilities. And then you realize as you head to the gym, you can't find a parking lot. Normally, you can just drive right in there. And you go into the gym, as my nephew told me the other day. Y'all might remember Grayson. He worshiped with us a few times. I will tell you this. The ladies remember him, okay? About six foot two, you know, built like the Rock of Gibraltar, whatever the Rock of Gibraltar is. And uh, he says, I can always count on the first two weeks of the new year when I go into the gym, my friends that I normally know, he said, there's like a handful of them. He said, I see dozens and dozens of people I've never seen in my life. He said, but I don't worry because within a few weeks they'll be gone and the parking lot will be. It's true. You know, we have all these great intentions of aspiring to put our, our best foot forward. But before we do that, before we put our best foot forward, let me remind us that we have a backstory. You know, we all have a backstory, right? We do. It's all too human a thing to want to be better and strive for more. We're always wanting to strive for more, be better, have more. But as my friend reminded me last night in that parking lot, senior center over in Shamley, that it's not about always wanting more and wanting more. It's about bowing before the God who will provide all that we need. There is an if there. The if is we keep our eyes fixed and focused on him if we're obedient to him and we acknowledge him. And even when we don't do that, isn't it amazing how he will still carry us through the storm? even when we walk away from him, that he is so available to us. There used to be this old song back in the 90s. It went like this. I am available. I will go where you say go. He's available. I want to be available. I want to go where he says go. In this Follow the Healer study, we're learning that it's more about us joining Jesus in what he's doing instead of what we're going to do. We walk in there all confidence to, to visit somebody or to provide care to somebody or to counsel somebody. You know, and we've rehearsed everything and we got all our scripture verses and all that. And we go in there thinking, I can do this. I can fix this. You're not the healer. He's the healer. Only he can fix this. And it's only his words that can really transform lives. And so we go in, in any situation, God, I want to join you in what you're doing. When I come to worship, God, I want to join you in what you're going to do in this service today. I want to offer myself as a living sacrifice to you, holy and pleasing to you. Move me out of the way, Lord, and let me hear what you want me to hear and do what you want me to do. Get rid of that me, myself, and I mentality that the world, that the culture is preaching to you, that you're in charge, that whatever you believe is truth. God's word is the only truth. His ways are the only ways, and they're not our ways. His ways are so much higher than our ways. His thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. And so the way we move forward in this life is we lean more and more into him. And this 21 days of, of prayer and fasting, and no, it's not maybe for everybody, but it really is. It's not about giving up food. Now, I'm not tooting a horn here. But ever since I pretty much dropped off social media except for my devotions, do you know that I got a notice on my phone, and the teenagers can be a witness to this. Last week it said 
My phone usage was down 90%. Today, it said 94%. So I tried to figure that out. I am saving, listen to this, anywhere from four to six hours of time by staying off of social media and mindless scrolling and swiping, swiping and scrolling. Because when you're swiping and scrolling, you're not looking up to see where God can use you and see the needs that are all around you. You know, I know the NASDAQ's important. You need to look at it every now and then. I understand that. You know, you, you needed to read that article. Why did Saban retire? I don't understand. Why did they pick that guy from Washington? Well, anyway, that's not my dog. Not in that fight. But what I do know, that the battle belongs to the Lord. And you may be going through a battle. You may be going through a fight right now that's really overwhelming. And you're like, man, the year has started just like last year ended. It stinks. It's not what I thought. And please don't go to the media because if you do, you're going to get even more depressed about all that's going on that's horrible and terrible. But there's so many wonderful things going on. God is moving in a mighty way. Just a few miles down the road, there were thousands of thousands of young people from 72 different countries packed in to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, worshiping and lifting their voices up as one to the God of all creation, Yeshua, Jesus. He's moving amidst a wonderful generation and in our generation as well. But you see, the inconvenient truth is, folks, is that our ancient ancestors, they were determined that bearing the image of God was not enough. Being created in the image of God, bearing his image, serving him was not enough. They wanted to be God. And that's reality today in the world. People, even nations, governments want to be God. They want to have power and they want control. They're reaching, just at the beginning of time, they're reaching to be God's equals. And maybe that's our problem too, reaching. Isn't that where things went wrong? When our ancestors reached for the forbidden fruit? What's your forbidden fruit? What's your fantasy? What's your addiction that takes your eyes off your creator for a Temporary few minutes of pleasure or indulgence. Then and now, sooner or later, this reaching is going to lead to epic failure. That's the essence of sin. Not trusting in the trustworthy goodness of God. You know that song that we sing here? A lot of times Karen will sing it. The goodness of God keeps running after me. Yes, run after me. Catch me. Hold me. And keep me from myself. Help me to be who you created me to be. That inside reality of me being a child of God, becoming an outside reality where others will see God in me and hear God through me, not me, move me out of the way where I become humble, an humble servant. Jesus was humble, not weak, but humble. And he calls us to be humble. You know, we, we make okay humans, but terrible gods with a little g. We realize real quickly when we get ill, when we get sick, when we're hospitalized, how human we really are. How this life is nothing but a vapor compared to the eternity that God has in store for us. And that we truly are nothing without 
God. But with God, all things are possible. You see, we were not made to reach for God, but to bow before Him and honor Him and give Him glory. That's the one place where we discover that God was reaching for us all along. That's who Jesus is, the one who reaches to us right where we are. He doesn't forsake us. He promised he would never forsake us nor leave us. Sometimes we may feel that way, but I'll tell you many times, the folks that seem to have nothing have the most. Have you ever noticed that in life? I found that out last night as I walked amongst those folks that didn't have, at this moment, maybe a shelter or a home to go to. But they realize that their joy didn't come from that shelter or that home. Their joy comes from the Lord. And when we are serving and giving and helping, on that little questionnaire it says, what will you do for someone in 2024? Some of you decided, I'm not going to do that questionnaire. That's okay. But for those of you who did, I want to tell you that there was a 24, I think he's 24, maybe he's 20, no, he's 28, a 28-year-old young man that usually sits right down here. He's training for a marathon. I won't say his name, but you've already figured it out. He sends me this long text, and young people don't typically text long. Y'all know that. There's a few of you in here who send long texts. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. <laughs> Including the pastor standing here, okay? I actually had one of the men tell me, I didn't know anything about the Bible study. I said, do you realize since last Monday I have sent 17 messages of reminding you about the Bible study? Oh, I didn't see him. Okay, whatever. All right, but this particular young man sent me a message, two things, and I'm going to tell you what they are. He said, if there's anybody in the congregation who's struggling with their physical image and their, maybe their weight, I will offer them one-on-one -on -one training to help them for free in 2024. Then he said, if there's a high school student who wants to run cross-country or track, I will train them for a year to help prepare them for that. Do y'all realize what kind of commitment that is? And you often think, you know, what are the millennials going to do? Well, that's, that's a millennial right there. You want to know why he has that mindset and that heart? Well, one thing is his amazing parents, but he also makes a commitment to be in the house of the Lord. And he feeds on the food and drink of the Holy Spirit. And I see that amongst this generation, folks. Those folks that were, those young people that were at the Passion Conference that my son and his friends were at, they, they don't believe they can change the world. They don't. They believe with God, the world can be transformed through them. That's the difference, isn't it? Long term, long term, we're in good hands with more than just Allstate. We're in good hands, this generation, folks. There are many, many young people that are seeking the face of the God of of Jacob. Oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, seeks your face, oh God of Jacob. It was a psalm that was read in Power Hour on Thursday night by Marty. That was part of that psalm. Oh God, let us be a generation, all of us, a generation that seeks your face, oh God of Jacob. That's who Jesus is, folks. He reaches to us right where we are. Not only does he reach us, he restores us in his glorious image and he remakes us into the people he created us to be in the first place. So when he captures our heart and baptizes us with the Holy Spirit, 
we become who he created us to be, who he made us to be, and we're reflecting his divine image to a broken world. In short, he reminds us to think like God thinks and to act like God acts and to love like God loves. And Scripture gives us this amazing snapshot in Philippians that Sherry just shared for us, and we're going we're gonna to do it together. Those of you who can read that, together on the count of three. One, two, three. Have the same mind in you that was in Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, and taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God highly exalted him, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you catch that? He reminds us by the working of the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the fellowship of one another, Jesus saves us from the broken patterns of this world and He transforms us by the renewing of our minds. He transforms our mind, which far more than our brains, is the innermost place of our lives where our affections and our dispositions and our aspirations live. This is where our character is formed and transformed. This is where the roots are from which the fruit comes. Ladies, I think you are studying that right now in John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. And if you abide in me, if you remain in me, fruit will abound. That's a King James Version word. Abound, abundant in measure. But apart from you, you can do nothing. The message says, come taste the fruit and see the goodness of the vine. Ooh, that's pretty. Eugene did a good job with that, didn't he? Abide in him. Lean into him. Know he's with you no matter where you are. I have been with folks in the prison, in the streets, at the end of their life. And when they know that, and they live that out, and they know that he is with them, they begin to acknowledge that he's carrying them. He's holding them in that situation. And wherever they are, whatever struggle they face, it becomes a sacred moment for them knowing that my Savior, my God, he was at a tough place too. He was on a hill called Calvary. His body was broken and his blood was shed and he was struggling. And he felt alone and he was naked. And yet, and yet, he carried out his purpose and his calling. And he was able to say from the cross when he breathed his last, it is finished. And that, my friends, is where your race will end one day where you can say, I haven't spent so much time, you know, living and having a, a, a good death all the way to the end, but a good life all the way to the very end. A life that meant something. A life that was lived for the glory of God. And others saw God through me and not me. 
That is leaving a legacy. And that's who we can transpire, transpire to be, be inspired to be in 2024. To be more and more like our wounded healer, our suffering servant, Jesus. Jesus Christ. The Bible gets so carried away with the miracle of all of this, it almost breaks into song. And we're going to do this too together on the count of three. One, two, three. Three, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I could go back to the teaching that we did for several months on the Holy Spirit. But just a reminder, that Holy Spirit that God breathed into you at the very beginning of when you were created, when, he, when his eyes beheld your unformed substance as you were being created in the depths of the earth, when he knit you in your mother's womb, and when you received Jesus and that Holy Spirit became activated within you, you have now access to the mind of Christ through his thoughts, to his nature, to his will. That's huge, folks. Now, you may be asking, what does all this have to do with New Year's resolutions? Let me ask you this. Would you rather resolve once again to try harder, to do more, reach higher, to be better and lighter, only to run out of gas by Valentine's Day, which is just in a few weeks, February 14th. We'll have an Ash Wednesday service that night. Doing it early so you can get your date night in. Good luck getting your reservation. But anyway... Is that what you'd rather do and give up by Valentine's Day? Our resolutions and resolve aren't bad, just futile. What if we started out this year on our knees, reminding one another of the mercy, grace, and faithfulness of God? What if we gave up on reaching for the stars and found ourselves bowing down to the ground before the one true living God? What if instead of refiring our confidence in ourselves, we renewed our faith in Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit? What if we began this year with repentance, realigning our minds and hearts and lives according to the things that matter most? Well, that would be a New Year's Revolution. And speaking of revolution, Martin Luther King Jr. was a revolutionary. He had an amazing impact on the civil rights history in this country. And as someone who stood up for those whose voice was rarely heard, he was a man of strong faith. He was the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. He wasn't just a preacher. He was a teacher, but he was a pastor. And that's the difference, folks. And that's who I pray that God would continue to call me to be, to be a pastor. Martin Luther King was like the shepherd that would go into the lion's mouth to pull that sheep out, even if it meant he had to go in himself to get it and bring it out by the leg or the ankle. He'd go that far to see that people were treated with dignity and sacredness and respect and equality. 
one of the scripture quotes that he quoted most often is this. It's from Matthew 22, 36 through 39. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Folks, for Martin Luther King Jr. and us, this is not an option. We don't vote on it. We do it. We do it. I have three of our young people that are going to come up and they're going to share three of Martin Luther King Jr.'s quotes. And as they do this, we'll have them up here where you can see them. I'm going to skip the timeline on their air. As they do this, I want you to really focus on what they're saying, on what he said. And so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I just want to do God's will. And he allowed me to go up to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as people We'll get to the promised land. And so I'm here tonight fearing nothing. I do not. Wait. And so I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. And then I also have another excerpt from one of his other speeches. Uh, faith. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, faith is faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the staircase. Sorry. Now that, that last quote that Jacob did. You ever feel that way going to that staircase back there? <laughs> it's kind of like that. Have you ever tried going through the dark back there? Yes, I have. But what powerful quotes from Martin Luther King. I'm going to ask Doug and our, our worship team if they make their way forward because I believe as we head into tomorrow, and it's a, it's a national holiday, and whether you're off tomorrow or have a long weekend, I know there are folks traveling, I hope tomorrow that you would reflect on the words of Martin Luther King. His I Have a Dream speech is beautiful. You can find that, read through that several times. Read through the most quoted scripture passages that he used when he spoke to an entire country. Folks, I don't know if you know it, but his impact and his legacy continues this day. But his focus can be summed up in this. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. We're going to face... Opposition, racism, skepticism, 
we're, we're going to be disowned even at times for our faith. Jesus knows. He's been there. Martin Luther King knew that. Even the great Billy Graham knew that. You know, when you stand up for the cause of Christ and you represent him, you're going to be ridiculed. It's going to happen at some point in your life. The question is, will you have faith enough even when you can't see that step to know that he will give you the words to say? He will be the light shining in that darkness and he will carry you. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? What if we started out this year on our knees reminding one another of the mercy, grace, and faithfulness of God. Let's pray. This is a prayer of surrender. So if you, if God is leading you to do this, any nudge at all, I'm, I'm asking you to, but let this be God channeling through you, His Spirit, and just hold your hands out. You don't have to lift them way up. Just, just hold them out like you're receiving. Receive this prayer and make this your prayer. Lord, we start out the second Sunday of 2024 reminding each other of your mercy and your grace and your faithfulness. Lord, help us to give up on reaching for the stars. Instead, May we bow down to the ground before you, the one true living God. Instead of placing so much confidence in ourselves and in the ways of man, Lord, right now, this very moment, on January 14th, 2024, we renew our faith in your son Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're willing to do that, you just... Silently repeat this prayer. It's just you and Jesus. Make it personal. Move me out of the way. It's just you and Jesus. You put your name in this place. Jesus, this is your son, Stephen. I need you. I surrender all to you. I give you my heart, my mind, my soul my thoughts, my anxiety, my depression, my loneliness, my grief, my despair. I lay them all down at your feet, Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Make me new. Restore me, Jesus. I know you'll provide all that I need. Help me represent you to provide for the needs of others. Lord, realign my mind and my heart. Realign my life according to the things that matter most. If it's been a while since I've told my spouse I love her, I love him, may I begin to do that today and every day. If I haven't spent the time I need to spend with my children or my grandchildren, 
May I pick up that phone today? May I make that visit today? If I'm struggling with unforgiveness, Lord, Lord, I know before I can be who you created me to be, I must forgive. Help me to forgive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for taking on my sin, dying for me, suffering for me, that I could be here in your presence right now and feel your all-encompassing embrace. Now take those hands that you have held out. Take one of them, place it over your left shoulder. Take your left hand, place it over your right shoulder and feel the embrace of your father, your Abba, your daddy, telling you, I love you. Well done, my good and faithful child. You are mine, and I am yours. Thank you, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. For more sermons from Misty Creek Community Church, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to stream your podcasts. You can also watch videos of our sermons and complete services on the Misty Creek Community Church YouTube channel. And while you're there, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. For more information about our church, including our mission, location, service times, and more, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. God bless you, and thank you for listening.